0: One of the attracting factors for me of entrepreneurship was being able to be my authentic self, being able to say what I wanna say and do what I wanna do because working in corporate America for over a decade, I always felt a bit stifled. Welcome to the Self Starter
1: Podcast, a place where stories are shared from women, just like you, who left the colorless corporate world with an idea and a passion and ran with it to create the vibrant life they always wanted to live. My name is Megan Tobler, and every week I'll be bringing real women to you to share their entrepreneurial journey in hopes of inspiring you to take the very first step of your own. Sometimes the hardest part is just to start. So come on, start today for you, start today for her, and become a self-starter. Let's go. Have you ever thought you had your entire career figured out? but then all of a sudden experienced a change of heart and desired something different? If you're listening to this, my guess is yes, and this week's guest is no different. Today, Dana Hansen is a life and business coach, as well as the host of the Happy Healthy Wealthy podcast. Tune in to hear why and how she pivoted from the corporate world into entrepreneurship, how she's leveraged mindset and personal development as she's navigated this journey, and the importance of staying true to your authentic self. If you've ever found yourself wanting something different, then this episode is for you. Dina, I have been really looking forward to our conversation today on just so many levels, but I love that you are recently new to the entrepreneurial world, just like myself, since it really allows people to see what the beginning stages of business is really like. I'll be the first one to say, though, that I have really been impressed with What you have done in just this relatively short amount of time. So, thank you so much for hopping on today.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Megan. I appreciate it. And I'm really excited to be here as well. This is my first guest episode. So, I'm really excited that it's with you.
1: Oh, goodness. Well, I'm so excited it is as well. And this is a theme that I've been having across some of the conversations with women that this is the first opportunity that they're able to hop on a podcast. So, I'm really happy to be able to give you the platform to do that. Yes, that is amazing. You're
0: doing great work.
1: Oh, thank you. Same to you, girl. Now, you and I connected on LinkedIn, um, which I think is just such a powerful platform for new entrepreneurs. But you mentioned that you embarked on a quest for success within the corporate world within your early 20s. I'm curious just to better understand kind of what your train of thought was like when you were graduating and entering into the workforce.
0: So my experience has been both of my parents were corporate type employees, worked at the same company for the majority of their careers. I feel like our generation specifically, at least my experience from my generation was go to college, go to college, go to college and get a job. So it was never so much about like, find what you love, find your passion. It was like, you go to school, you go to college and you enter the workforce. So. That's what I did. Both of my parents were very big on stability, financial security, which, of course, is still a value of mine. Um, But I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do. So I went to college. I spent the first two years doing like general studies. And then I took a course on anthropology, which is, you know, if you don't know, like the study of ancient human beings and ancient cultures. And I really didn't have a lot of thought of like what I was going to do with that degree, but it was like, oh, this is interesting and I'm going to get a degree in anthropology. So I did and graduated and it was like, okay, what now? And my dad worked at a local electric utility company. He was an engineer there and he was like, you should come work here. This is a really great place, great opportunities. So I got my foot in the door at the utility company as a temporary six month administrative assistant. And that turned into a full-time job. I did that for about three years. Still wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do, but I was mostly just thinking about the money, you know, like a good paying job. I always wanted to make good money. I love to live a life of luxury. <laughs> That's my goal, right? So I knew I needed to support myself in doing that. And after about three years of working at a, as an administrative assistant, I got a job in the training department which is where I've been the last eight or nine years since 2014. So almost 10 years at this point. So I did corporate training specifically for employees that are in the skilled trade. So like construction workers, and that got me to a great income, great stability. And I thought for a long time that that was going to be my path and that I would retire from that company. So that's where my story sort of began.
1: And what's really interesting about your story versus a lot of the other people that I speak to is that you sound like you graduated from school and you've stuck with the same company for for quite a few years here where a yeah. lot of other people um, kind of bounce from job to job at this kind of point in our
0: society. Yeah, it's interesting too, because I think part of it is the company that I work for. So I live in Tucson, Arizona, which is not a huge city it's growing but career opportunities were at least you know 10 12 years ago so i started the company in 2011 so it's been over 10 years but careers in tucson were kind of hard there was only a couple companies that you could really make great money my utility company was one of them and there's several people at the utility industry that leave after 50 years of service like my director just retired with 50 years at the company So part of it is the culture of the utility world. And part of it is where I live, I think.
1: That makes sense. But you also have alluded to the fact that stability was really important to you. And it sounded like this company provided that for you. And it also provided financial security because you mentioned that you had made kind of significant money and you were able to support that life of luxury like you were talking about. So I'm curious, did you equate money to success?
0: I think I did. And I think part of my thought process too, was that I never had a very clearly identified passion. Like I talk a lot about my friend growing up since kindergarten, she's been an artist from as long as I can remember, she was doodling in her notebook. And as an adult now, she's an artist in New York city. And like, I always thought like, well, I don't have that clear passion. So if I don't have something I love, then I might as well make money. <laughs> so that was my thought process there.
1: I get it because I feel like I was in the same position as you. I mean, growing up, I consumed myself with dance and school and everything. And that was my passion. It was movement. And yeah. once I no longer continued dancing, it was like part of that passion. I mean, I, guess I didn't really know how to monetize a passion like that. So it's yeah. like exactly what you said. I went into the corporate ladder myself and and started climbing and climbing because the money was great. And it did provide me that life of luxury as well. But Mm -hmm. what I found is that I was really unfulfilled. And I know you talk about in 2019, your son was born and you really kind of felt this longing for
0: more. So were you also experiencing unfulfillment? so i think for many years i was really happy in my career i think a lot of people that go into entrepreneurship at least that i've met like a challenge right they like to be working towards something they like to be solving a puzzle and that's how i am and for the first few years in my career that's what it was i was solving puzzles i was challenged i was getting a lot of accolades and appreciation and doing a massive amount of learning which I believe most entrepreneurs share that trait and I had my first son and that was like kind of an eye opener of what it's like to be working full time as a mother. And it was a challenge. But then I had my second son and I had like wisened up to the life of a full time working mom since I had already done it once. And I was like, now I'm going to have two kids and I don't want to slave away at a job that I'm not massively in love with at the expense of time with my family. So that was sort of my turning point was with my second son. I had been working in the job for almost five years, I guess I would say. And so the challenge was gone. The passion was somewhat gone. And it was like, if I'm going to be away from my family for this amount of time, I better be doing something I absolutely love. And that wasn't it for me at that time you know, mind you, this was 2019, this was pre COVID. And I knew that I wanted some sort of flexibility, I wanted to be able to be closer to home because my job was about 40 minutes away. So if you include the commute, you'll soon find out with your son, like, especially if he's going to go to daycare, like the whole process of getting out of the house is like a whole thing, right? So it was like getting him ready, dropping them off, getting myself ready commuting to work, I felt like I had already climbed a mountain by 8am. And I was like, okay, I need something closer. I need something more flexible. But the opportunities for hybrid and remote work back in 2019 were pretty rare. It was not as prevalent as it is today. And so I kind of embarked on a job hunt journey. I was looking for sort of startup companies. I was also looking to re-career because like I mentioned, I had kind of lost my passion for what I was doing, but re-careering as a seasoned professional is not easy. And it was very, very humbling because I thought I'm great at what I do. I'm a gift, Megan, I am a gift to any organization. They'd be lucky to have me. And then I was applying, applying and not getting anything. So it was pretty eye-opening for me as a professional. Like a lot of times I think professional women can get into the mindset of like, I'll just get another job, but quote unquote, just getting another job is not always that easy. And in hindsight, you know, everything happens for a reason. And it was a blessing that I didn't get any of the jobs that I applied for. But that was the next step I took. I was like, all right, I don't want to be a nine to five person anymore. I need to find something else. So I started looking for, like I said, startup jobs and those didn't pan out. The pandemic came along and we ended up getting work from home orders for about two years and that kind of sufficed me for a little bit, it silenced my need for another career because I was able to work from home. I had a newborn baby that was at my mom's house that was five minutes away. So I could quickly take breaks and go over there and nurse him and do everything I needed to do as a new mom. And I was pretty comfortable. Then came return to work and came back my desire for a different career. It was like back to office and immediately back to like, okay, what am I going to do now? The next thing for me was I went on a girl's trip to Mexico with some of my girlfriends. We were in Puerto Vallarta and one of my girlfriends was talking about her career in sales. And I know you have a sales background and she was on track to closing 300 K that year. And I was like, what, that is such good money. How hard do you work? She's like, Oh, I only work 35 hours a week. Maybe like I'm taking naps during the day. I'm managing my schedule because she was doing outside sales. So I thought, okay, that gives me what I need. It gives me like balance and flexibility. It gives me money because the other thing with working a high income corporate job, you can always make more money, but taking the money away is hard. And I know you could probably relate to that experience with your corporate pathway. Absolutely. So, so anyway, I applied for a sales job, similar situation. The only jobs I were getting were, you know, kind of grunt work where it was like, here, you're going to sell printers to businesses around town. Here's your territory. You have to show up in the office at seven. And if you're leaving before 6pm, then you're going to be in trouble. And I was like, that ain't it. Thanks, but no thanks. I realized I could make money doing that. But that totally defeats my purpose of spending more time with my family. So again, that was like hitting a wall. And I just kept trying to open these doors that would not open. And it was so frustrating because I was like, I feel like I have so many skills. I feel like I can do this. I feel like I'm pushing, I'm doing my resumes, I'm interviewing, I'm doing all the things and nothing is working for me. Like, why is this happening to me? And then everything shifted when I went with my mom to a world-renowned resort and spa for her 70th birthday. And I took a class on manifestation. And basically the facilitator was like, if you could have one thing for your life, like you have a fairy godmother, write it down. And verbatim, I wrote down, I wanna be making a crap ton of money doing something that I love and not working very hard. And so like that planted a seed in my mind of, okay, maybe I'm going about this all wrong. I'm like solely looking at the money. I'm not really thinking about what I love. And I wasn't exactly sure how that was gonna to come to fruition. But that started a whole series of events for me.
1: That's absolutely incredible. And I know you said that this was just kind of what started it, but at least you were clear that you knew that you wanted a crap ton of money and you wanted to do something that you love. And you also wanted to do something that allowed you to be present for your two boys here. But going back to what you were saying earlier, you said that you had never clearly identified a passion. So at that point, how did you go from kind of saying this during this manifestation workshop that you wanted to do something you love to be able to really identify
0: what it is that you were going to love? So since then I've learned a lot about passion and how passion is something that you have to cultivate in your life for most people. It's not something you're born with. It's not something you identify in childhood. It's something that you have to work on. And it's something that you have to try a lot of different things. And I feel like I've always identified as like a jack of all trades, master of none. I have a whole art drawer full of pens and markers and paints and crocheting. And like I've always been somebody to sort of like dabble in a hobby, but never go all in. So I always had all these sort of creative interests but nothing ever stuck but after the manifestation class I did a lot of work I did a lot of journaling on what I valued in a career what was really important to me what were my non-negotiables things like that I did a lot of talking to friends and family about like what they did and what they enjoyed and it just so happened the stars aligned that I have a really good girlfriend who has a fertility coaching program online And she was in the process of taking a high ticket training herself. And we were having a girls night one night. And she's like, you know what, Dana, you remind me so much of the mindset coach in this program that I'm in. And I was like, what? You know, like mindset coaching. It was kind of like the first introduction that I had to the world of online coaching. And it just opened doors for me where I was like, oh, man, like, There are so many possibilities out there for coaching, for educating. My corporate career was in training and education. So I've had a lot of experience with that. And I've always been passionate about mindset work, about personal development, about reading personal development books, listening to mindset podcasts. And I've always had a gift of creating authentic relationships. And I never really realized that that could be a passion, so to speak. It was always something, even in my corporate job, I would have these rough and tough construction workers come to me for some training and end up sitting at my desk for like 45 minutes telling me that their wife cheated on them 10 years ago and they've never gotten over it and they've never told anybody that. And I'm like, what? (laughs) So I've always had this ability to connect with people, but I never realized that all of these things combined could be my passion. So that's kind of how I stumbled upon it. And it was like a light bulb went off where it was like, okay, like all of these things are now lining up. My ability to be creative to, as you know, as an entrepreneur, there's a lot of writing that's involved, a lot of creative thinking, a lot of using Canva to develop graphics. So I was sort of able to pull on all of these creative endeavors my ability to make lasting relationships and authentic connections to people, and my interest in self-development was all bundled into one, which now I realize is my passion.
1: I love that. And I think for many of us, we go through kind of the quote-unquote traditional path of thinking that we have to do everything a certain way. We're not really educated as to what is out there. And a lot of us are really creative at heart, but we go into this More corporate path because we think it's what we should be doing. And we think that's where the money is at. But I think what you did, what was really good, is obviously you went down this path, but then you were able to identify what it is along the journey that you really liked about what you were doing, as well as what you were needing more of. And so you were able to get really clear by not only journaling and going inward, but also having conversations with your community. And through that, you were able to identify that, you know what, I am. I'm going to use the term multi-passionate. You were, like you said, the jack of all trades, but master of none. And Mm -hmm. I think that's okay because it allows you to explore. It allows you to find out what it is that you like, and it allows you to connect with all different kinds of people. So through that, you realize that, okay, I'm really interested in mindset and personal development. And also these authentic relationships just come so naturally. So why not couple all of these together to be able to create something that can really provide my life even more of a luxurious experience here. So I guess at what point after you've really identified that these three things were something that you really wanted to hone in on, at what point did you decide, you know what, I think I have
0: a business here. So I think shortly after I was introduced to the world of online coaching, part of the whole manifestation process is what you just mentioned. We all have these limiting beliefs that we have ingrained in us either from how we were raised or what we interpret from society and i sort of had this limiting belief of like either or either you work in corporate for the money or you pursue your passion and you live like a starving artist lifestyle so i had to work to reprogram my own limiting beliefs exactly like what you said about what is possible and realize that especially in this day and age we are so fortunate to live in a world where the possibilities are. Endless. And running an online business, becoming an entrepreneur doesn't mean that you have to be starving. As a matter of fact, you can make more than you ever could in corporate America, which is one thing that attracted me to entrepreneurship, anyways, was there's no ceiling to hit. Like, literally, your income is limitless. So that sort of all propelled me towards this world of online coaching. And I started with the idea of like, I'm going to start a podcast on mindset and i started my llc i didn't really know that a podcast was not a business itself right like until i got a coach and she was like your podcast is just marketing you actually have to have a business behind the podcast and then i was like oh okay well now i need to do some thinking and i wasn't exactly sure what my business was going to be at first so i started my llc in september of 2022 i did The first three or four months was mostly just like podcasts and sharing affirmations and sharing mindset content until I hired my first coach and she was like, you need a business. And she like encouraged me to go into coaching. So I started marketing myself as a coach and it made sense, right? Because I have these relationships, but everybody in the coaching world is like, you need to niche down. Like mindset is too big. You need to really niche, 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 as I'm sure you've heard. I kind of didn't know what i wanted to niche down to i knew that my mindset content was hitting people but i knew that it wasn't enough and i started a self-care challenge one month this year and i had somebody from my corporate career join who i knew was struggling she was a high achieving woman she was not happy and and it sort of lit a light bulb in my mind like okay This is somebody that I can help. This is an experience I've had personally working in corporate America as a woman. I could think of 10 women off the top of my head that are unhappy in their corporate careers, but they feel trapped by their income. So that's what I sort of geared my coaching towards from that point on So I (laughs) re-niched.
1: Well, and I think what you're talking about is like constantly being able to pivot. And what I like about what you started with is you started with this podcast and Clearly, I resonate with this because that's really what I started with. And it's because it's something that I knew that I could do consistently and that I really enjoyed doing. And through my conversations with other business coaches, I've learned that accidentally you and I created something that was actually very strategic without knowing it, because the podcast is a form of long form content that is there for an eternity until we decide to take it down. That's really the foundation. Like you said, it's your marketing. So it allows people to be able to be sent back to your podcast to get to know you, to be able to build that know, like, and trust factor. And it really comes down to that relationship building, even when you're not actively having conversations with them. So I really like that you started with the podcast as a foundation to your business. And then from there grew it into the coaching business. And you're really kind of using both of them simultaneously as tools for one another.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting what you said because I've had some people be diehard podcast followers. And I recently had a message from somebody that was like, I just get so much value from your podcast. It's so inspiring for me and it's encouraging me to make moves that I wouldn't have done without it. And I feel like I know you, even though we've never met. And that was one thing that I was sort of worried about starting my online business is that I knew and was confident in my ability to build relationships in person but I wasn't sure if that would translate into the online world. And I'm just really now over the past few months, especially with LinkedIn, realizing that it does translate. It might take a little bit more. It might be a little bit different, but it does translate online. So that was reassuring.
1: It does translate because you're showing up authentically as yourself. And like you said, it may take a little bit longer to be able to establish that relationship, but eventually, it comes across. I mean, I've listened to your podcast. I follow you online. We have been able to develop this relationship. And I feel like even though I've never met you in person that I know you, I have a really good understanding of who Dana is. Of course. Well, you've done this for yourself. So I think that allows people through your brand building, both from the social component of it through the social channels, but also through your podcast, you're building these relationships without even knowing it. So that way, when someone wants to work with you, they're really ready because you've already established, like I said, that no like, and trust factor. So you mentioned that you've gone through kind of a few different iterations of niching down. So who is it that you currently work with in your coaching business?
0: Right now, I am working on launching a Mindset Mastery membership program for anybody that is looking to rewire their brain and get rid of old patterns of anxiety, stress, and negative thinking. So I've kind of come full circle back to where I started with mindset. I took this little detour when I was focusing on high-achieving women who were trapped by the golden handcuffs, so to speak, and I did that for several months to no success like I was hitting the streets as you would say just like I was when I was job hunting I was selling in my stories every day I was on TikTok I was doing all the things to sort of sell this package and anybody that was interested was like yeah I can't pay that and I was charging less than like what typically they recommend and I also had my own mindset block on me myself being a high achieving woman. I would never pay. I shouldn't say never, but it would take a lot for me to pay thousands of dollars for somebody to help me figure out what to do with my career. So I was kind of having a block around if I wouldn't pay for this, how am I expecting others? How am I showing up in a way that I feel this has value? And on top of that, it felt really forced. And the marketing for it felt very, very negative. It was like, Do you hate your job? Are you in a toxic workplace? Are you miserable? Are you trapped? You know, and like, even though it's okay sometimes to market to people's pain points, it just felt really, really challenging. And not to mention, I'm still working at my corporate career. And so I'm doing all this marketing and everybody's interpreting it as like, Oh, Dana's miserable. She hates her job, which is half true, (laughs) but like, (laughs) It was really challenging. And I wasn't getting anything out of it. And I was working really hard at it. And I was like, really ready to throw in the towel, really questioning what I was doing. And I ended up getting a new coach who literally on our first call, I was like, almost in tears saying, you know what, maybe you should just give me my money back. I don't know if I want to do this business anymore. Like I feel so, so tapped out, so to speak. And she sort of like, was a godsend and reframed me. And she's like, all right, like this is an issue. If you're selling something that you're not fully behind the value, you're not even fully confident that you can deliver the transformation because that was my other issue. Like these are complex issues. If somebody comes to me and they're making $304,000 a year and they're absolutely miserable, do I even know if I can help them? You know what I mean? And part of it is being a new entrepreneur. You don't know yet what you can or can't do, right? That's the process of becoming. And she was like, okay, like you're totally out of alignment here. And she's like, let's go back to basics. You started with mindset. You embody mindset practices. You journal, you do gratitudes, you meditate, you do all the things. And she's like, sometimes for us, our strengths are so obvious to us but they're actually a benefit to others. And so she helped me reprogram. And now I'm back to where I began with mindset. It's also like so exciting to me because a lot of the people that have followed my journey are people that can't afford to pay thousands of dollars. Now with a membership, when you offer it less than $50 a month, it's so much more accessible to people who need the work. So, I feel really excited about being able to help people at an affordable price. And what's really interesting is clearly you have always been interested in
1: mindset, but you let other factors steer you away from that because you thought that maybe more money was there or mindset, there really wasn't a need for that. But I think clearly what working with this coach has showed you is that no, people need what you have to offer, and you are an expert, you're an authority figure at the mindset work. So start there and then your business can evolve because like what you said at the very beginning of entrepreneurship, you don't know what transformations you can give um, your clients in some aspects, but you personally have gone through a lot of mindset mastery work yourself and you've provided yourself with the transformation. So that's something that you know you can actually deliver upon and you're doing it in a very strategic way and allowing people from all different income levels, the ability to be able to tap into this and really benefit from it as well. So I'm curious, like, I know you said originally, you even thought that some of the services were too expensive. So being able to do the membership and have people pay less than $50 a month allows people to have a little bit more of a comfortable buy-in point. So how did you come up with the concept
0: of a membership? So that's one of the things that I was actually going to say is that you don't know what you don't know, right? And like when you first get introduced or when I first got introduced to the world of online coaching, as soon as you label yourself as a coach on Instagram, you get a lot of business coaches following you, right? Because they're trying to get you to buy their package. And so I would watch all their stories and there's so much out there about high ticket coaching. And it makes sense because from a business perspective, If your package is two, three, four, five thousand $5,000, all you really need is a couple clients and you're making good money. So a lot of business coaches promote high ticket coaching for that reason. And so I wasn't even necessarily aware that membership programs were an option until this coach brought it up to me. And she also brought up another light bulb moment for me, which was like, you don't have to be a coach. You can be an educator. And I was like, holy bleep, that makes so much sense. I am an educator. Like I'm an educator by profession. I'm an educator on my podcast. And it takes a lot of the pressure off too, of being the expert, all of the imposter syndrome that comes up. Like labeling myself as an educator gave me a lot more freedom and a lot more confidence. So those two things really put me back on a path that feels so much more aligned and authentic. But I didn't know that that path even existed, which is like another form of limiting beliefs, right? Right. And for you to be able to say that it gave you this level of freedom and
1: confidence is huge because it took the pressure off of being an expert. And instead, you can focus on really what you enjoy doing. It's educating. It's helping people. It's really the mindset work. It's rewiring the brain. And also being able to tap into other people and realizing that, you know, I I don't have it all figured out, but
0: I'm figuring it out with you. So come along with me, you know? Exactly. And that's sort of the approach that I've been going with. And I was talking to my coach about there's a lot, as you know, about being an authority in your industry. And I told her, you know, like, I'm taking the approach. I heard a quote one time, like, I'm a contributor to the conversation, not an expert. And I loved that because it made so much sense. Like you said, it takes the pressure off to know it all, to have all the answers. And for me, I've sort of said in the launch of this program, like, I love this stuff. I consider myself a researcher, an investigator, and along the journey as well yes i've done a lot of the practices have i arrived am i a perfect specimen human being that never deals with anxiety or stress or overwhelm absolutely not but i'm a lot further along than some absolutely and that's all that you need to do
1: in order to start your business you're always going to be a couple steps ahead of some people and you're always going to be a couple steps behind of others It's just the people that you're really attracting are the ones that were you maybe two years ago um, that need what you have to offer. And they're turning to you because in their eyes, you are the expert. Even if you don't see yourself as the expert, you've been where they are and you have lived it. So now you're able to help them. Now you're, you're in the middle of launching this Mindset Mastery Membership Program. I know it's coming out here soon. It'll be live by the time this episode launches. So what can people really expect with this membership program?
0: So, one thing that's really important to me with this membership is making mindset work and mindset practices easy and integratable, I guess, if that's a word, into your daily life. I feel like people get overwhelmed with mindset work because it is a whole industry. There are books on books on books and podcasts on podcasts on podcasts. And just like anything else, there are so many approaches and strategies, and people, tend to get overwhelmed. They don't know where to start. They don't know what to do. They feel like in order to have a good mindset, they have to be a yogi meditating on the beach all day, right? And that's just not realistic for the majority of our lives. So my goal with the program is to really provide a framework for people to work on their mindset in five minutes or less in ways that they can incorporate into their daily life and to stay consistent with it over a long period of time i like to think that mindset is a lot like physical fitness there's so much in this world about diet and exercise it's very face forward right we see so much about the importance of physical fitness but mindset work is equally important and it's not as celebrated it's not as prevalent in today's society But it's very similar in the sense of, it's something that has to be consistently worked on over time. You don't meditate for 10 minutes and then you are a present mindful person. You don't go to the gym for five days in a row and you get a six pack of abs. Just like your physical health, your mental health takes time to work towards And that's why I think a membership program is so powerful because it provides you that avenue. I'm not gonna change your mind and your brain in two weeks or in three months. Like this is something that you have to work at consistently. So that's one of my goals with the program is providing a space for you to do that, a community of other people that are working through the same things and a structured outline. This month, we're gonna work on meditation. Does it work for you? Will you know in 30 days? Yeah. Is this something you want to continue? Yes. Okay, great. You've you've implemented a new mindset practice or maybe no, meditation isn't for you. Just like exercise, we all have to find the thing that works. Maybe you, Megan, like dance and I like running. Both are great. You just have to find what works for you. And so this program provides an avenue for you to do that.
1: I really like that. And there's so much that you said in there that I would like to pull from, but you said that you're doing something that takes five minutes or less every single day. It's about consistency over time. And in order to do all of that, you're going to be able to provide people with a structured outline every single month of really things that they can focus on in conjunction to being a part of a community of people. And I think those two aspects combined together are really important because one, it gives them something super structured that they can do solo. But doing something solo only gets you so far. Humans are relational creatures. We need support, we need community. And to be able to tune in together, and go through this transformational experience, holding hands with other individuals, I think that's where a lot of transformation also happens. What do you think? I
0: totally agree. Have you read Atomic Habits? I have not, but I've heard amazing things about the book. Okay, yes. so I think that book is something everybody must read at some point in their life. And there's a whole section about the power of social relationships, the power of community, and you see it, again, when you go to the fitness world, That's what like gyms are. You're in a community of people that are working towards a common goal. And that gives you so much motivation and accountability. Unfortunately, as humans, we set goals for ourselves and we falter all the time and we don't hold ourselves to that high of a standard. But when we tell somebody else, hey, I'm going to quit smoking or I'm going to quit drinking or I'm going to run a marathon. Like as soon as we make that public and we share it with people, It makes the expectations for us to achieve it a little bit more important for ourselves. So there is so much power in community. Absolutely. Definitely.
1: And I think that's one of the reasons why you've been able to continue to grow your business week after week, month after month, because you told people about the podcast, like you made that public, you hired the coach, you got the community that you needed. And now you are posting publicly online about the launch of this mindset mastery program. So it's something that once you put it out there, it's really hard to retract because other people are counting on you. Absolutely. Yes. So I actually would love to dive into a little bit of your launch strategy for this mindset mastery program, because you have been doing an excellent job promoting this online. And I think a lot of people think that if they just build something, then people will come, but that's not the case because not everyone will know about it. So how have you really taken a launch approach to your strategy?
0: So, I mean, I feel like this is such a debate in the entrepreneurial world. There are like two schools of thought there is the build it and they will come. And then there's the, you know, like door knockers, typical, like outside salespeople Think of the solar people coming to your door every day. And I've had so many coaches in my DM, especially early on when my approach was like, I'm just gonna create good quality content and like in time people will find it and that will work. And they're like, no, (laughs) you need to go out there. You need to be in DMs. And I personally, I'm not a big DM proponent. So I still somewhat hold the strategy of I'm gonna do really great things. I'm gonna build really great content and I'm gonna put it out there But I'm not going to be in people's messages being like, hey, join this program, join this program. And that's probably going to be to my detriment. It's probably going to cause me to grow a little bit slower. But I would much rather grow organically than be hounding people who aren't really my ideal audience. So that being said, my launch strategy has just been developing the sales page, developing the content. I've really been getting my audience involved in the behind the scenes what I'm doing, where I'm at with the launch. And I think it really helps people feel more connected to what I'm doing. You know, with the logo for the program, I came up with like four logos and I put it out for vote. And that was hard for me. I'm a type A girl. So I was like, y'all better choose the right logo. (laughs) And they didn't. They chose one that it wasn't my first choice. But I was like, you know what? The crowd has spoken. So that's what I'm going with. And I think involving people in the process has been really powerful for me with this launch. Well,
1: and I know you said that you're not really into getting into the DMs, which I agree that it seems a little bit slimy to me. And whenever I get those messages where people are trying to just sell me something without having built a relationship, it just automatically turns me off and I ignore it. But what you're doing is you are going back to what we talked about before, which is one of your superpowers. It's you're building authentic relationships. You're coming online, you're providing value, you're getting people involved behind the scenes and making them be a part of it. And you're telling people about what you're doing. And that is a really great lesson in the strategy, just in general, is that there's no one size fits all way to be able to grow and launch a specific product, a specific business but you have to do what feels right for you. And for you, it's all about building authentic relationships. It's keeping people included. It's just, it's you. And I think that's what people, when starting a business, they think that they have to do things how everyone else has done it. But just because someone else did it one way doesn't mean that that's
0: the right way for you, right? Absolutely. And I think one of the attracting factors for me of entrepreneurship was being able to be my authentic self being able to say what i want to say and do what i want to do because working in corporate america for over a decade i always felt a bit stifled i have tattoos i have my septum pierce i cuss i do all sorts of non-corporate things that i always i mean for the first several years of my corporate career i always made sure to hide my tattoos and It just felt like I was trying to put myself in somebody else's box. So when I set out on my entrepreneurial journey, one of my values and pillars was I'm going to be me and I'm not for everybody, right? Nobody is me being me is probably going to turn some people off, but that's okay because they're not my people. The people that are my people are going to appreciate me showing up as myself. And so that has been really a core of my business and something that I've been trying to lean into, which is not always easy. It's not always easy, but I think it's something that the
1: earlier on we accept that not everyone's going to be for us and we're not going to be for everyone, the easier it's going to be to be authentic, to show up as ourself. And you clearly were able to do that early on starting your podcast, Happy Healthy and Wealthy. And now going into the online space, being showing up authentically as yourself, especially on LinkedIn and Instagram here, and now you're building out this membership program here. So I do want to make sure that we touch on your podcast for a little bit, Um, Happy Healthy Wealthy. Tell us a little bit more about kind of the topics that you do touch on in your series.
0: Yeah. So my podcast releases an episode every Thursday and i just reached the half a year milestone which is hard to believe it goes so fast but my podcast is all about mindset that's pretty much what it's been from day one and you can learn about all sorts of different mindset practices from eft tapping meditation manifestation the majority of my episodes are solo i am just sharing my thoughts my experiences And I have several episodes with guests. Actually, Megan's going to be my guest coming up soon. I can't wait for that. And it's all about mindset. So, yeah, I love your podcast. I'm a fan. And like I said, it just
1: really gives people the opportunity to really understand who Dana is and understand what it would be like to work with you within this membership program here. Now, Dana, I know that you're relatively new within the entrepreneurial space. So this is something that. I think you can actually provide even more value to our listeners today because you're in the thick of it. So if someone's listening right now and they are in corporate and they're really having this burning passion to do something more, do something more for themselves, to be authentic, what advice would you share with them in order to kind of really just get their entrepreneurial journey kickstarted here?
0: Oh, that's a heavy. I feel like there's so many angles I could take and so much I want to say, but I think The piece of advice that I heard that helped me a lot that I still follow to this day and that I would give is do it before you're ready. Take action, even if it's messy action. I feel like I myself am a bit of a perfectionist. I want everything to be exactly right. And I almost purposefully set really tight deadlines for myself, (laughs) like almost unrealistic, which can be stressful, but also it forces me to do things and just get it done. Like I don't have the time to record my podcast five different times to make sure I said everything right. I don't have time to record this training module and make sure everything is exactly perfect. And not having that time makes me move forward faster. And I'm not saying to like cut the quality, but I'm saying for those that feel like they have to have all their ducks in a row, you don't. You just have to get going and like it will come. And even in my own journey of not knowing what my business was going to evolve to. And quite honestly, this probably isn't the last iteration. It will probably continue to evolve. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't get started because you learn so much by taking action. There's a quote, an ounce of theory is worth a pound of action or something like that. Basically saying like you can read all the books, you can prepare yourself all you want, but until you actually get in the game, you don't learn nearly as much.
1: I love that advice so much because I truly believe that if we are for always waiting to be at the point when we feel ready, then it's never going to happen. Taking action, messy and all, is really what's needed in order to propel us forward. And that's really why I started this podcast. It's really to inspire people to just take that first step, to know that action is, whether it's perfect or imperfect. I mean, I don't even think there's anything as perfect these days. It's better than not taking that step forward at all. So I love that piece of advice that you're sharing here. So Dana, thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your story today. If people wanted to follow along with your journey, where could they go ahead and find you and also learn more about the Mindset Mastery program?
0: Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram, TikTok. I am Dana Hansen. H-A-N-S-O-N, not an E. You can check out my website at DanaNadiaHanson.com. And on my website, there's links to the Mindset Mastery program. And my podcast is Happy, Healthy, Wealthy with Dana Hanson. You can get that on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your pods.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. I have really enjoyed just this authentic conversation. You truly are such a relationship builder. And I, that just really comes through in today's conversation.
0: Thank you, Megan. I am so happy that this was my first guest appearance. I loved it. And, um, I can't wait to have you on my podcast. I can't wait to looking forward to it. Dana reminds
1: us of the power of our mind, how we think about things shapes who we become. That's why it's so important to master your mindset to help set you up for success. And that's where Dana can help. In addition to her mindset work, Dana also reminds us of something really important, and that is to stay curious and to continue to learn because we're always in the process of becoming. So embrace the process, master your mindset, and follow your passions. All right, Self Starter, are you ready? Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Self Starter Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to like and subscribe to stay up to date on the latest content. Want even more? Be sure to head to selfstarter.com and remember, start today for you, start today for her and become a self-starter. See you next time.